0: Won't you come in, Mrs. White?
1: Oh, how kind of you. I think Carrie is in some of Sue's classes. Yes. Well, perhaps sometimes she might like to visit. I'm here on the Lord's work, Mrs. Snell. Spread the gospel of God's
0: salvation through Christ's blood. Yes, of course. I have something here I know is going to interest the doctor and you. The teenager's path to salvation through the cross of Jesus. I don't think Sue would be very interested in oh, that. Oh, the children are wandering through the wilderness of sin these days, Mrs. Nell. My Sue is a good girl. These are godless times, Mrs. Nell. Oh. I'll drink to that. We'll all read these. Excuse me. Please, sit down, Mrs. White. I'm a- Hello. Chicago. Betty, can I call you back? Margaret White is here. Good Lord. <laughs> right. Are you accusing me? White. Right. I can't believe this. Just let me get rid of her. And I'll
1: call you. Are you right saying back. that? I followed you. I tried to meet you. And now. I'm going to tell you something. I have something here, Mrs. Snell, that I think you might profit from. Uh, Mrs. Yes, White, I'd like to contribute
0: five. ten dollars. I see. I pray you find Jesus. We re movies from our youth to determine if we're problematic by today's standard. I'm Jimmy.
1: And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Carrie, which was released in the US on November 16th, 1976, the UK on January 13th, 1977, and in Ireland on March 25th, 1977. It was written by Lawrence D. Cohen and directed by Brian De Palma. It stars Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, Amy Irving, Nancy Allen, Betty Buckley, William Cat, PJ Souls, PJ Souls Hat, and John Travolta.
0: Yeah. Um, If you can hear a noise in the background, that's that's Jen's dog.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I'm. I might kick her out. She was.
0: (laughs) She was scratching herself, and I could hear her her um collar rattling. But that's fine. I don't mind. (laughs) Uh, I used to have a cat that snored. In the background of my podcast, before
1: I'm more concerned about the child in the next room who's yelling while playing video games. Alright that's okay. the noise. I, him. That's fine. I when I was doing my test, it it picked him up a little, but I asked oh, him, I asked him to keep it down. He gets very excited while playing Fortnite.
0: Right. Well, sometimes I can I hear myself and your um your audio, so it must <laughs> pick up through your headphones because mm-hmm. I speak loud because I'm trying to. Trying to speak to you through the the Chromebook mm-hmm. microphone. And then I'm recording with the other microphone, so it's weird. Very strange setup. Anyway, what's going to happen is this, Jen and I have what, a few problems this movie has for each. And a positive. What is your history with this movie, Jen?
1: Um, when I was in middle school, I started to read Stephen King, I think in the 7th grade. Uh, I started with Dolores Claiborne. And I read mm. Carrie, I think... Think my dad might have even recommended it to me, but and I know he definitely recommended the movie to me, and so I asked for it for Christmas one year and got it. So we actually watched Carrie on uh Christmas Day, um, I want to say it was uh 1995, and because I think I right. was in eighth grade, so th- my first viewing of this <laughs> was on Christmas. So when people argue about um Die Hard being a Christmas movie. My my whole thing is anything can be a Christmas movie if it makes you think of Christmas, mm-hmm. and uh, Carrie Carrie is that for me. Um, I do right. think about watching it sometimes at Christmas, but yeah, I've read the book like five times, seen all the remakes. Um, it's one of my favorite all time favorite books, and uh, I actually started rereading it. Oh right! <laughs> and I was hoping to finish before we recorded, but I only got like sixty percent through. Cause so I read it on Kindle. So it tells you the exact percentage of the way through you are. So I'm kind of right, bummed. Yeah. I, it had been so long since I read it. I'd forgotten a lot. So when I was reading trivia about the movie, I saw things about the book that I didn't remember. So I had to go in and just read the Wikipedia page, but I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Carrie. <laughs> big, big fan. Right.
0: No, that's great. Um, uh, I can't remember when I first saw it. I know I was, cause I picked this one because it was released in 76. Well, see, that's the thing. I found it. It was released in seventy seven in the UK, and that is not my birth year. My birth year seventy six, mm-hmm. but it was released in the US in seventy six, so it counts, damn it, because <laughs> um, my birthday uh, on the eleventh of October. I watched this. I'm pretty sure when it was on TV one night. Um, there was a few movies that, a few horror movies that I saw on TV for the first time, like Christine. I watched for the first time on TV. Um, I recorded it, and it was edited. All the swear was cut out, so I'm pretty sure like the opening scene of this was cut Uh, because there is an alternative alternative version of the opening scene of this. Okay. It's on the Blu-ray. This is when I was just about to start watching horror movies and I really like this movie. I think this movie is fantastic. There's some things in it that sort of takes it away from being a complete masterpiece for me Um, but it's very 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 close to being a masterpiece this movie but there's just a couple of niggles and obviously we'll get into those. Right. So, my first problem is that despite the age of the actors, the opening scene is a bunch of naked 16-year-olds. Yeah. And that's just a bit sort of, yeah, yeah, the 70s. They
1: all look like they're, (laughs) like, 25, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But they're supposed to be sixty And Carrie especially, when she's, like, lovingly sort of caressing her own body when she's cleaning herself.
1: Yeah, I don't think they... She's supposed to be 16. It's a weird time to have a, a weird movie to have a sexy scene like that with, with that particular <laughs> character I don't, <clears throat> I'm not a fan um. yeah, as an introduction,
0: pretty much it's a bit strange but yeah What's your uh, What's your first problem? I mean,
1: going along with like what you just said, it's I mean, really, the problem for both of us should just be the entire opening scene because there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of problems there. My big problem was the girls playing around completely naked in the locking locker room. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I look, I didn't take gym in high school; I took it in middle school. But I have to imagine that's mm-hmm. not normal. Like no. running around naked, like especially at that age when you're so insecure about yourself and your body. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there were girls who would openly change, but it's most of them are like trying to figure out how to change without anyone seeing anything, you know, I know. it's and I know. these girls are like running around hitting each other with towels and stuff. It's and and even like the stuff with Carrie, like all sexily washing herself, like, I it's hard for me to imagine this character is going to feel that comfortable showering in front of everyone. Exactly. I don't know. I I would assume she'd be like a quick in and out of the shower thing. I'll tell you, uh-huh. when I was in middle school, I didn't shower. Like, I wasn't dealing with getting made fun of by those girls. Uh-huh. I wasn't very active in gym class, so I wasn't very sweaty. But like, <laughs> half half the girls are usually afraid to shower in front of everybody. Yeah. So, and I know it's what happens in the book, too. But it is kind of like, Carrie just seems like, well, never mind. I was going to say she seems like the kind of character who wouldn't shower, but her whole thing, like, she does want to fit in. hmm So, she would shower. I don't think she would shower so openly, though. I think she would maybe hide a little, at least. Yeah, you'd think, but... Uh... She wouldn't
0: just stand there completely naked and just, like, close her eyes and rub herself. That's not. She would turn her
1: back to them. She would hide. She would... Do you know what I mean? It's It's weird. In the book, it's described as, I believe, like, one of those big showers that have, like... Mm-hmm. A bunch of shower heads, and you're all, like, yeah. you can't help but be naked in front of each other. The problem with this one is, and I don't remember looking to, like, I didn't look to see if there were curtains or anything there. Mm-hmm. But it just, um, it would make more sense. I think the whole thing would make more sense if it was in one of those huge, huge open showers. Any situation where they don't allow teen girls private, or teens at all privacy is gross. Like, and I do I, I remember in middle, I don't, I didn't see the, the showers in high school, but in middle school they did have, like, stalls with curtains to close, you know, to give you mm-hmm. some privacy. So...
0: Yeah. I-, I think Carrie would be the kind of person who would wait until everyone else was gone before she would shower. Yeah. There's there's more bush in that opening scene than there is in the, f- yes. than there is in the final act of The Shining. It's
1: it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. uh... Yeah, I did. I did notice that that and that scene. That scene's the only reason I. Ha- I mean, we talked about it last week. I don't know if you cut it out or not, but like that's the only reason I haven't. I won't show Xander Carey because yeah, I don't even want to get into all the questions that might arise from that scene. Should sure I kept that. I kept that. In.
0: Okay. Okay. Problem. Problem. There is that Problem two is the scene where we first meet John Travolta. Mm-hmm. And he, and Billy is hes shown to be such an arsehole that he hits his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then she goes down on him. Um, how does she say Billy so clearly with her mouth full?
1: <laughs> 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 I don't know. I never thought
0: about I it. Mean, I mean, she speaks very, very clearly. I mean, if we, we assume that Billy's got a. Small penis, or yeah, I don't, that, I
1: don't, I don't, I, have no yeah. idea. Because <laughs> she says it a lot.
0: She does, and then she also says, "I hate Caddy White."
1: That's sexy. That's real sexy. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> what's your second
1: problem? Um, I'm trying to decide. Um, okay, this is like a small thing, but it really bugs me mm. when they are doing their detention and they're working out why does norma have red shorts like i get she's the weirdo with the hat but like everyone else has black shorts and she has red shorts and that really bugs me right okay it wouldn't bug me so much if maybe somebody else had a different color even if it wasn't red but she's the only one and i'm just like why is she so special just because she wears a red hat i don't i don't like it i don't i don't understand the hat thing like she's allowed to wear the hat to prom. It's so weird. It's so weird, but the the funny thing is I read um she was supposed to have a much smaller role in the movie, but then at the beginning when they're playing volleyball, when she passes by Carrie and hits her in the head with the hat, mm-hmm. De Palma just like I guess fell in love with that moment and so he just put yeah. her in it a lot more, which I thought was interesting because she is definitely memorable uh well, in this movie. Yeah um yeah i also i was uh i saw her name dropped earlier because i was reading and um i guess uh drew barrymore and um jamie lee curtis did this interview at some public thing recently and uh jamie lee curtis was talking about halloween mm-hmm. and she said that she didn't relate to laurie at all that she was nothing like Lori. and she was like i was more like the pj souls character <laughs> she was like i was promiscuous mm-hmm. and sarcastic and i was like Oh, I'll, I'll, it's hard to picture it because I know Laurie Strode so well, but um, yeah. And those are like the, it's like those two, and then uh, Rock and Roll High School. It's like she had a moment. PJ Souls had this moment, yeah. And it's a, it's a bummer. I never saw her in much more. I no, haven't looked up her filmography recently, but I don't think she in stripes. Oh yeah, I saw that once. Guess we forgot
0: to do the synopsis. Yes. <laughs> However, I did write it down, so I'll say it like <laughs> Okay. Just before prom night, bullied teen Carrie discovers that she possesses telekinetic powers. She puts them to good use when she is humiliated after a prank. There you go. <laughs> so that was your problem and why Why? Why does she wear...
1: Yeah, that's just one of those little things that bugs me. Like, I understand why they do it. Like, there's just this... They're doing something with that character. I get it. Uh, I think when I was a kid I found it funny but now as an adult I'm just like that makes no sense to me why like it, it, it's such a small thing but it bugs me but the
0: hat is enough though if she's just wearing the hat I think that's enough to make her stand yeah. out she stands out in the rest of the movie so giving her the red shorts is just a bit much really yeah so my third problem is I think De Palma Brian De Palma is a master filmmaker right mm-hmm. I think he does some amazing things there's some fantastic shots in this movie it's just and and the final like prom scene is like horror excellent right? It's mm-hmm. brilliant. The whole thing it's fantastic, but <laughs> the getting ready for prom montage, uh-huh. which includes sped up footage, and sped up audio, is a bit. Uh, bit of a misstep for me i hate that fucking song. well
1: i i actually kind of like the scene with the guys it's i mean it's out of place in the movie but it's like a little yeah. bit of comedy that i feel like we kind of need in this movie but it's just i i personally like it's it's a heavy story to me so no um, I, I
0: understand that we need humor i just don't think that's funny i don't well, think that's the kind of thing we need because there's nothing like anyone else in the movie well
1: what's funny to or funny not hilarious like the dialogue to me is funny but what is like funny, ridiculous, is the idea that I assume what happened was the scene was too long, and De Palma <sighs> wanted to cut it, but it was all this one shot, so all he could do to keep that scene in was speed up some of their dialogue, which is so weird. It's such a weird choice. Yeah.
0: Because there's jump cuts in the rest of the scene as well. mm
1: mm-hmm. When you see them as jump cuts
0: to them getting dressed, getting changed. So he could have just uh, cut that scene anyway. It doesn't, he doesn't need to speed it up. It was, just, it just, that just
1: annoys me. It is really out of place. And if anything, they at least needed a little more comedy. Like if that montage had had some comedy with girls or something, maybe mm-hmm. it would have been different. But it's just yeah, like this one like, thing.
0: The, the long shot with a camera going around Tommy and Carrie goes on for too long it's just there's a shot where the camera goes right round them when they're hugging and we're dancing and then they smooch and it goes round mm-hmm. and round and apparently the camera guys after that were really exhausted <laughs> nearly collapsed nearly fainted but yeah apart from apart from that apart from the sped up i don't like the speed sped up dialogue apart from that i think that movie's amazing um it's such a well-made movie what's your third problem
1: I don't know. I feel like I had something and I didn't write it down. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I watched a lot of horror films last week. I decided that for October I was going to, you know, watch horror films. And I've watched 12 so far, and I'm in the middle of two. What? So, yeah. Well, I put them on in the background at work. Right, okay. And there are a couple movies already that I've seen, the original and the remake. (laughs) um, Which I have opinions about when a stranger calls. But whatever. We're not talking about that right now.
0: But the Um, the old one, the original one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um...
0: I've never seen
1: it. The first twenty minutes are definitely something you should see.
0: Yeah, I know of the, I know of the first twenty minutes, but then that people seem to think that the first twenty minutes is the entire
1: movie. I know. Well, that's the interesting part. The rest of it is just, frankly, very weird to me. Um, yeah. And then whenever I read about it, it made sense why it's so weird to me because, like, they made this short film. <laughs> And it was a very good short film. Mm-hmm. And then Halloween did really well. So they were like, well, we should do a f- feature length film. So they filmed a bunch of other stuff and tacked it on to that. Yeah. So like the beginning is this, what should be a standalone thing. And then the remake is smart and only focuses on that one part. Mm-hmm. But stretching it out is tough. Yeah. It's not as the the ending of the original is really dark um, mm-hmm. and the, er, the remake is PG 13 and the ending is not the same. <laughs> and so that doesn't work as well either, but it, I, neither one was terrible. It was just the first one was weird. And the second one was too long. Um, yeah, it should have been R. anyway, uh, enough stalling. I can't think of another problem. So I'm just going to say, and this is in the book. So I mm-hmm. like, and I, th- this thing is I could, ha- I would have different problems, but I'm trying to avoid Making all my problems yeah. about the adaptation, um. But this is in the book, so they are going with with the source material. But when um the gym teacher, um whose name mm-hmm. is Miss Collins in this movie, um yeah. she hits Chris, mm-hmm. and I get it. Like I I get how angry she is and everything. Um, but I feel like the gym teacher. W- would be more likable if she didn't flat out hit Chris. She has Carrie as well. That I at least get, because Carrie is hysterical, and this whole crazy thing is going on. Everyone's confused. But Chris is a bitch! No, Chris, Chris is a bitch, but it's... Um, the teacher is one of the most likable characters. Yeah. I just... the I get the hitting Carrie thing, um, but the hitting Chris is just a little too far for me. Just a, Just a little. Fair
0: enough, but that's also in the book.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think she throws her against the lockers in the book. All right, but um, same thing. I mean, and it's in the remake too, which, by the way, has Judy Greer plays that character, and she's really good. Yeah, does she die in the
0: book? The teacher.
1: Think maybe she survives. I don't remember
0: because she lives.
1: She dies in this. Yeah, she lives in the other one. Yeah, she lives in both of the the the.
0: TV movie one and the uh, Chloe Grace Moretz one. She lives in both of those. I believe
1: she lives because I was reading Carrie this morning and I think there was a part where, because the book has, um, throughout it, it has excerpts from books written about, and articles written about Carrie and about telekinesis. Mm -hmm. And in one of them, um, it says that um, the teacher and the principal blame themselves a little for what had happened. Right. God, it's such a good book. And that is his first book. Uh-huh. It's a fantastic debut novel, and I did. I was wondering because, like with De Palma, you know, I criticized him for like how the the locker room scene is shot and how it's a little, little too a, a man's fantasy of what a locker room is like, or stereotypical man's fantasy um, with the the running around naked and stuff. Um, uh-huh. But I've also always wondered about Stephen King writing it. Like, what's the mindset? Because that's a very strange scene for a man to be writing Mm -hmm. but what i found out is apparently he wrote that he started to write the movie or the book and then he decided he didn't like it and he threw it away and his wife found it in the trash and she pulled it out of the trash and read it and told him to continue but with her input so Mm -hmm. he did have a woman's input like not just after writing it but like while writing it which i Mm -hmm. thought was kind of important to hear (laughs) because stephen king yeah tends to mess up a little sometimes when it comes to women and sex and stuff yeah 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 so like i just i never read it but i just think about it with all the guys having sex like and I went. Oh, I yeah. was watching it this morning too. A
0: gang bang with eleven uh, year old children is kind of
1: yeah, yeah weird. Um, although it's interesting in this in this book, it's clear there's like a lot of rape. Like Chris has sex with Billy earlier than she would want to because she knows he's just going to take her anyway. Like it's it's mm-hmm. these r- these little moments. I think I never really thought about in my other readings of it, where I'm just like, man, this is even darker than I remember. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've never read the book, but I really should. The audiobook is read by Sissy Spacek. Oh,
1: really? I Oh, God, I need to listen to that. Yeah.
0: I, uh... Yeah, well, one of them is, anyway. I think they re-released it, and she did that. Okay.
1: I wonder if it's abridged or unabridged, because sometimes when an impressive celebrity reads a book, it turns out it's abridged. I
0: think is isn't Caddy quite short, anyway. Yeah, it's not like... that long, it's not that long.
1: Yeah. Um... I think it's about, I don't know, seven hours long. Oh, that's not bad. It I have it, but I haven't listened to it yet because it's like fifty hours. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. It is over two days long. Yeah, I can't.
0: The stand is quite long as well. So.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah. I would love to hear that because I would love to hear her reading of it. I loved Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read the book first, and then um, I I think it was after I saw the movie, I got the audio book. Um, from the library because I was listening to audiobooks a lot at work and um, the woman who read it god I can see her face I'm totally blanking on her name she was on the show once and again like in the 90s Um, and she's like one of the big um, audiobook narrators these days like she's Uh won awards for it and stuff but she read the part of Amy Dunn and listening to somebody else's voice like hers is a little nicer um, mm-hmm. and softer than maybe what I was imagining it really changes kind of how you're thinking about the character I mean it's the same thing it's why I it's why I still defend Psycho because mm-hmm. different people playing the same role can bring something very different to it and so even though Sissy Spisick played Carrie I'm gonna assume she recorded the book decades later yeah um and so to hear her performance I wonder how like if that would change anything for me yeah after having read the book so many times. Yeah. We went through our problems pretty quickly. So can I tell you some opinion changes I had this week about the remake? Well, yes, but we still
0: got positives to this
1: I know. But sometimes we <laughs> chit-chat before that. No, no, okay. We can, we can do the positives if you want. I don't care. Go for it. Okay. So my thing was always that Chloe Grace Moretz um, is too strong, like just comes off as too strong a woman for me to buy her as Carrie. Yeah. Um, and I still maintain she's just a little too pretty. Yep. And people thought Sissy Spacek was too pretty, but they did a good job of making her look plain. Yeah.
0: There's definitely a transformation with Sissy Spacek. Mm-hmm. She looks plain, but then when she goes to the prom, she looks really
1: pretty. Yeah.
0: But then with, with Chloe Grace Moret, she looks as, pretty much exactly the same entirely. Uh, she, looks
1: a, she looks a little better. Yeah. I mean, it's... her hair. Her hair is a bit
0: sort of, like... On Kim. Yeah, about, both... It's not that much, difference.
1: Both of those actors, though, if you look at them at the beginning of the movie and you look at them later, it um, represents my theory about actors. Like, we... And I... I'm, I mean, I still do this, but, like, so many of us, especially women, compare ourselves to how actors look mm-hmm. and think, oh, I could never be that beautiful, I could never be that glamorous, whatever. But if any of those people weren't famous and didn't have... Like, hair people, makeup people, designer clothes, they would look yeah. normal. And that's the thing. Like, if you look at Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz, yeah, she's still pretty, but, like, her hair is really crappy. She's not really wearing makeup. Her clothes suck. Like, she definitely looks worse. Normal people would look closer to that. <laughs> or just to see SpaceX at the beginning Um, if they weren't famous and didn't have the money and the resources to look differently. So it's not that these people are more beautiful than us. It's that mm-hmm. they can afford to be more beautiful, uh, which is an interesting way to think about it. Like, especially if you look at someone like Drew Barrymore, I think there's always kind of an assumption if someone's famous, like you just see them as more beautiful. But if you really look at Drew Barrymore, who is beautiful, but if you look at Drew Barrymore, she looks more like a normal person. Yeah, I don't know. I think about this stuff a lot.
0: Just what you're saying that I was I was at uh, Scotland Comic Con yesterday, and I'm standing in line to to meet. Um, James Masters. Nice. And I was standing there and I was I was waiting I was waiting to get a picture taken with James Masters and I was really excited. Mm-hmm. First time I've ever been to a con, I was I was really excited, really happy. And I was standing and it was a, a young girl behind me. She must have been about nine, mm-hmm. and she was wearing a spike t-shirt, <laughs> and she had who I assume was her mum and someone else standing with her. And I didn't hear what the little girl said, but the mum the replied to her and says, um, oh, yeah, she must have said she was nervous or something. Because the mum replied, um, uh, I don't know why you're nervous. He's just a normal guy. They're all just normal people. Um, they have just get more money than us. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> but I'm still nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know she wasn't talking to me, but I'm still nervous meeting this man who I've never met before. Mm-hmm. Who I've only watched some TV. So,
1: Did you have a good experience?
0: I had an amazing day yesterday that was that was one of the best days um I've ever had. How
1: was james barsters? He was
0: great. he was so sweet and humble, and yeah, you know what I mean he was just like he I mean people were chatting rush through and everything, mm-hmm. but he was like talking to me and and saying uh, I just said that it was an honor to meet him and he says, thanks man this is i'm a very lucky I'm a very lucky man, and oh that's nice cool
1: yeah he's and I, he's so great at that I've met him twice. And yeah. he has it down to, like, some people will, like, I remember when we met, um, <laughs> we got uh, the chick who played Luna Lovegood in the Harry Potter movies to sign uh, Dylan's Pop Vinyl, because he was obsessed with Harry Potter, and now <sighs> now we don't know what to do with our Harry Potter stuff, because we still like Harry Potter, but J.K. Rowling sucks. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um. although that's one thing he wants to hold on to and keep, and we are going through that line, and I will say, like... The line for her was longer than probably anyone else at that convention. Mm -hmm. But it's like she has so many people um, and the line is so long. Like she has to go really quickly. So there's no time for talking. She's just signing, signing, signing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But James Marsters is somewhat and I get that. I get that that must suck. And I also feel for the women at those conventions because people will get handsy. Like they'll tell it's yeah. it's gotta be a more nerve wracking experience for women. But um you go through these lines and they're trying to get people through quickly. Um, they don't want to take too much time, but like someone like James Marsters is really good at making sure to speak mm-hmm. to every single person that comes through, like more than just hi. And he gives you that experience where you feel like yeah oh, I met him, where, like, I'm not going to say I met the chick who played Luna Lovegood, because she signed something no. and we moved on. But, like, I've met that guy, you know? And it's, you're paying so much money exactly, to do this. Like, it's nice when they give you that experience, and when they seem, like, who knows, maybe he's such a good actor, like, I don't know, but he seems like he's really enjoying himself.
0: Yeah, he, he seemed like he was having a ball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, meeting all these different people. It was the same with Frank Welker, I met Frank Welker as well, and and I can say I met Frank Welker because it feels as though I was having a conversation with him, mm-hmm. because I went in and I, uh, I didn't shake Frank Welker's hand, he didn't offer that, but I shook James Masson's hand mm-hmm. twice, that was great, uh, but I met Frank Welker and, um, and I said to him, because Frank Welker, for anybody who doesn't know, Frank Welker's a voiceover artist and he does... Um, He does Fred from Scooby-Doo and has done since his uh, 20s. Oh, wow. In 1969. Um, And he's still doing Fred from Scooby-Doo today. Uh, And he does all different kinds. He does uh, voices, animal voices in movies and stuff like that. If you've watched a movie from the 80s and 90s that has an alien or an animal, like a dog or a cat in it, make noises, it's usually Frank Welker, right? But huge career. And he's been a childhood hero of mine. Uh, and I I just said to him, I said it's a pleasure meeting you. I was so nervous, it was a pleasure meeting you. You're a childhood hero of mine. And he said, That's great and he said, Um, your accent is it from Glasgow? And he did a he did a Scottish accent because we were in Edinburgh at the time, and Edinburgh and Glasgow regions have got different accents. And I said, Well no, I'm from Lana. Um, but And he said, oh, is it close? And I said, yeah, it's pretty close to Glasgow. And he says, yeah, I thought so. I, I love your accent. All of you here have your great accents. I'm having a blast. And I said, oh, that's, that's good. I had a conversation with him. <laughs> that's nice. It wasn't just a hi, bye, you know? And yeah. I got a picture taken and I'm, I'm so happy.
1: Henry Winkler kissed me on the forehead. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did he go, hey, no. As well? Oh. No, he's a very <laughs> quiet guy very quiet yeah anyway my whole point before with chloe grace moretz Mm -hmm. (laughs) where i was really going with that is that i felt she was too strong for the character yeah um and watching it again i mean they definitely wrote her as more rebellious i didn't remember them writing her like that which like the way they wrote her in the movie the casting makes more sense to me Mm -hmm. but uh she really is you know Arguing with her mom a lot in the movie and saying, no, this isn't wrong. This isn't wrong. And rereading the book, I realized Carrie is stronger than I was remembering. Mm-hmm. Like she does fight back a little. And like um, the people who knew her um, bef- before uh, said that she before she found out what a period was, she would use um, pads and tampons as as a lipstick blotter. She thought that's what it was for. Mm hmm. And that's big because she was wearing lipstick. Uh Like, she snuck lipstick to school because there's no way her mother ever would have let her wear it. And it's like... Yeah. She when the book begins she's already been rebelling in her own little ways and I'd kind of forgotten that and so I've forgiven the Chloe Grace Moretz <laughs> casting a little because and she is really good in the movie. I do think she's a very good carry. Um mm-hmm. I don't think that movie needed to be made, but she's a very good carry. But yeah, rewatching it this week and then especially reading the book it really changed my opinion. The the movie, the remake needed to do something
0: sort of different. It it tries too much to be like the original movie. And it should do more of what the TV movie does, mm-hmm. and put scenes in there that are, you know, like the 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 um, meteorites coming down or stuff, or the, the rocks. rocks, car- yeah, or Carrie meeting the Carrie meeting the woman and, and asking what her breasts are and stuff.
1: Like yeah, that. that that was important, um, because that is from the book. The and it shows because I always maintained that, like, even though looking at them as um, just movies, the Stephen King miniseries are not as good. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that that Carrie remake isn't a very good movie, but -hmm. they're always better adaptations because they're given more time. And that's why I love that we're in this era of limited series where they, if anything, not only put everything from the books... um, and I'm not just talking about Stephen King, but like they put things from the books in these movies, but they even add things and flesh things out. Mm-hmm. Um, things like Big Little Lies. Like they're because that's what we need is we need time. Two hours isn't enough time. And so that adaptation of Carrie, what what was interesting about it? And it the thing that sucks is that she lives in the end because they were thinking about it being a backdoor pilot, which is stupid. Yeah. But they took from the book and the main things that they changed were things that the original were true to it was clear they weren't trying to look they were trying to differentiate themselves from the original the problem is the original is actually a pretty good adaptation so mm-hmm. um but there are things like you know that story about the woman that she sees when she's little and then she causes the stone yeah the stones to come and the the fact that she doesn't just kill everybody at prom it, she like destroys the whole town and what i forgot until i was reading about it this morning is that in the book she actually like broadcasts what she's doing to everyone in town like she manages mm-hmm. to put like thoughts in their heads and like she's uh, has a telekinetic conversation or telepathic conversation with sue at the end um where she she believes that sue is innocent um in all of this um yeah but yeah it i don't know i it's it's always interesting when you visit all the different forms of something so close like watching two movies and over half the book in one week like it really gave me a lot to think about as far as like the adaptations and about the characters and um especially it having been so long since i'd seen any of them or read the book that like i've changed so much since then that i'm reading it differently yeah it was interesting i should do that kind of stuff more often
0: (laughs) they um they actually shot the um the scene with young Carrie uh, talking to the the sunbathing neighbour for the original movie, but it didn't include it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I actually realised while you were talking, I was like, oh, I don't actually know much about the original. Like, I know a few things that I read on, like, IMDb or whatever, but I don't know much about the making of it.
0: Yeah, let's talk
1: about our positives.
0: And I didn't write one down, so this big tangent has actually been helpful for me because I've actually got <laughs> one. Um. Because I noticed I actually did write one down. But I hadn't written it down as a positive. I'd written it down as a fact as one of my um, notes. But I'm going to include it because I think it's a really good thing. Right. So my positive is, and speaking again about how great I think this movie is made. there's I didn't want to just say, like, the filmmaker. I didn't want to just say the movie because we're not allowed to say that. So I'm just going to say... The the one shot, the, there's one shot, one take at the uh, the prom where um, Norma takes the ballots and she walks around and she swaps them out mm-hmm. and uh, and then we we see we see you Snoo- S- Snoo- see circum come in um, and then the, we follow the the camera follows up to the bucket and then it goes and it zooms into um Carrie and that's all one shot and it's like mm-hmm. two and a half minutes long and it is amazing. And apparently, it took about over thirty takes for that for them to actually get that, and the studio weren't happy with how long it was taken. Um, and Brian De Palma almost got fired.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: but it worked because that is an amazing shot, and I love it so much. That is a really good shot. That the it's a beautiful film. It is because people forget that. See, so like back then, when when. When you see one shot, it is one shot. This was nineteen seventy six. You know, it's it's um nowadays when you see like the Netflix movies and they've got like, oh, this is all one take and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. No, it's not. There's hidden cuts in there. There's always hidden cuts in the one shots now. There's never a, an entire one shot anymore in movies
1: because
0: mm-hmm. like if something swipes past the camera, it's a cut. Mm-hmm. So all these big action scenes where they say, oh, this is a but this is a one take or um, Daredevil's fight scenes and the thingy, that's, they're not all one take. There's cuts in there. But then this was one take. It's not an action scene, but it's important to the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not just there just for the sake of it. It's actually telling part of the story, and I love it so much. I'll, that's my favourite part of the entire movie. Oddly, but just because it took 30 odd
1: goes. Mm-hmm. At it. <laughs> um, my positive uh-huh. is, always always Sue Snell but I think this time I appreciated Tommy Ross more as well Mm -hmm. I've always focused a little more on Sue Snell and this time watching both movies and reading the book I'm like Tommy's a better person than Sue Snell because Sue Snell she did this awful thing and she wants to make up for it right Mm -hmm. and you get that and it is it is admirable Mm-hmm. Tommy did nothing wrong. He has nothing yeah. to feel guilty about. He's he was never even mean to her. Like he he actually like mm-hmm. he was annoyed the teacher was shitty to her, right? Yeah. Um so he was like probably the nicest student to her before. Yeah. And he didn't need to do that. And he he does it. And he mm-hmm. seems to have a genuinely good time. Like he he likes Carrie. Like he does, you get yeah. the feeling that if they, if things had gone differently, she could have now had friends, you know, mm-hmm. like she, exactly. it's, he's, he and Sue Snell, they're, they're so nice and so good. I remember when Welcome to the Dollhouse came out, which I haven't seen in so long, I'm gonna have to do it for this podcast at some point. Um, oh, please no. Yeah, um, But I remember when it came out And this is like very very early days Of the internet so this is probably like In AOL chat rooms or whatever mm-hmm. But I remember people talking about how Watching Welcome to the Dollhouse Kind of changes How you think about that weird unpopular kid And how It teaches you that You should be nicer And that you should change And I was in I think 8th grade when I saw it And I remember watching it and being like yeah, I wish I was nicer to these people. And I realized sadly, I'm not going to change. Like, I mean, I was never mean to them, but like, I didn't talk to them, right? Like the weird kids or whatever that no one likes. And I was like, yeah, it makes you want to change, but you're not going to change. And watching this movie, I think I'd be more likely to change watching Sue and Tommy and how they treat Carrie than watching something like Welcome to the Dollhouse, which is so focused on the weird kid Uh right um because you watch sue and tommy and you're like i want to be like them like i want to be better like she gives up prom you know she's so excited about prom. she has her dress and everything she has her perfect boyfriend and she gives that up and that's a Uh unless you have junior and senior prom (laughs) that's a once in a lifetime thing you know Um, and i say that because i went to three proms um Uh but I don't know. I just love those characters so much. I love Sue Snell so much. Um, and I mean, in the book, it's like she's written a book and people, she is someone who after this incident, people have very strong opinions about. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting to think about what the character goes through afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, and even like that dream she has where she takes the flowers to Carrie's house. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she has a nightmare where Carrie, like, comes out of the ground, which C.C. Spacek insisted that be her own hand, which is, like, that's dedication right there, because they had to kind of bury her under there. Absolutely. Actually, everything I read about C.C. Spacek in this movie, and I know she hates her performance, but, like, Mm -hmm. first of all, it's very good, and second of all, she put a lot of work into it. She, like, serious. She she was like, hey, guys, I bet we can have fun after this movie, but I'm not going to talk to you guys. I'm going to isolate myself the entire time. Whatever. That's interesting to me. Yeah. But Sue like even just having the dream about taking the flowers like I always interpreted that as like she is someone who would actually do that. Like even after everything Carrie did, she didn't hate her. Because no. she she knew what had been done to Carrie and she knew this awful life that Carrie lived. And um, I don't know. I think there's a lot going on with those two characters. Yeah. Um, especially with like even watching the movie with as little information as we're given about them, they just come off as so good.
0: Yeah. And Carrie doesn't kill Tommy. Hmm. So he he goes out like a chump of a bucket today. Yeah. Head. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't. He's not. She's not the one that does it. She doesn't kill him. It's mm-hmm. not her her fault. So obviously, to would see that as well, mm-hmm. but I still can't, I still can't get over the sequel, the rage carried to killing Sue Snell, um, uh, the way that they do.
1: It hurts, <laughs> it, it's always, and you know me, like, I kind of like that movie, but like, yeah, that's the that's the part that always kills me, is I, Sue Snell is one of, she's honestly one of my all-time favorite characters, mm-hmm. and to see her get killed like that, it just, it devastated me, um, yeah, but I, I did always love that she was in the movie because she she was so interesting to me. But it's just, oh, it's so sad. It's they they broke my heart with that one. And Amy Irving is a great actress. Um, mm-hmm. She, <laughs> I I don't even think I've seen that many of her things, but like one of the first things that comes to mind is alias. She was really, really good on alias. (laughs) Always. Alias. She played (laughs) Arvin Sloan's wife. And it's this character who, you know, discovers she's married to this evil man. And she, she always thought he was good. And, Mm -hmm. and she's dying. And like the conflict there with like this man that she loves. And should she be Mm -hmm. with him? I don't know. She was, it was, it was a small, smaller role, but I always thought she was really good in it. But yeah, she's good in this in her hair. Yeah, she's got great hair. She's got that Carrie Russell hair. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um.
0: Well, speaking of hair, um, <laughs> th- I don't, I don't um buy that Tommy dies with a bucket to the head because you think that hair would cushion
1: it. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think he dies that way. I think he gets knocked out and dies in the fire.
0: No, I think he dies. I think he dies that way.
1: In my head, he dies in the fire
0: because in the remake, he's dead that way. She looks at his body. And he's actually dead, dead. In all three alliterations, he dies that way. But I'm, I'm pretty sure, is it not in the book that he dies that way?
1: I haven't gone there yet. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, think, I just, I think it is. I just always assumed he got knocked out and died in the fire. That was just my, what always happened in my head. So.
0: No, I think he dies with the bucket to the head. Because then, if he dies in the fire, then that's Carrie's fault.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I mean, so she's not innocent.
0: No, she's not innocent. But. It's not just the blood that causes her to freak out. It's the fact that Tommy's dead that makes her freak out. And you know, she sees in her head that everyone's laughing at her, although they're not. She even sees that Miss Collins is laughing at her, but she's not. Um. So you know. It's...
1: But anyway, um, I can I tell you a story real quick? <laughs> can you? Yes. <laughs> um. So, I uh. I remember the second time I read Carrie. I was in 8th uh-huh. grade and uh-huh. um you know I was that kid that would get to class early and then spend my early my extra time reading. Uh-huh. Um and my English teacher loved that I did that. She loved seeing her students sitting there reading before class.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: one day I was reading Carrie and I had I'd found it the reason I remember it was my second time reading it is because I remember I had, like, a regular copy the first time, but the second time I had been at a used bookstore and found, like, the movie tie-in copy. Yeah. And so that's what I was reading, which I can't do anymore because I've read it too many times and the cover's falling off. Mm-hmm. And and I hate movie tie-in covers when it's, like, a new book, but it's really cool when you find an old one. Uh-huh. Um, But anyway, I remember sitting there reading it, and she sees the cover, and she tells me, I'm not supposed to be reading before class. And I'm like, I always read before class. Like, you love that I read before class. Why can't I read before class? And she was like, because that book is evil. And I was like, excuse me? She was like, you're not allowed to read that book before class. And I was like, my parents know I'm reading it. Like, my dad recommended it to me. I've read it before. This isn't new. Mm-hmm. And she would not let me read, which, looking back, I wish I'd made a stink about it. I wish I told my parents about it, because that was bullshit. And we should have fought that. But uh, I didn't. I just put it away and didn't read it in front of her again. Um. And it's always bugged me that that happened. And I loved that teacher before then. And after that, I didn't like her anymore. And now mm. I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking about, I was sitting here thinking about how, to me, the book is and the movie are so much more about bullying. Like, everybody thinks about the telekinesis, but it's so much about bullying and how we treat each other. Yeah. And I realized, God, in eighth grade, not only should a teacher not be telling you not to read it. That's a book that should be discussed. Like, that's a book you should be reading at that age and having mm-hmm. discussions in class. Like, I have had, I have more to say. I've had more thoughts about that book than almost any other book I've ever read. Mm-hmm. It would be good for teenagers to have those discussions. Yeah, absolutely. It's a shame. It's a shame that would never happen, especially these days when so many people want to ban books. Oh, I know.
0: Like, right, so quickly, I have notes. The original trailer for this movie misspells Stephen King's name oh. because Stephen King wasn't famous then. It was yeah. his first book and it was the first adaptation. Um, they spell it with V instead of PH. Um, Stephen, obviously, not King. Okay. Uh, um, Betty Buckley, who mm-hmm. played Miss Collins, also voiced the annoying kid on the bike. Oh, really? Yeah. She's the one that goes,
1: creepy Carrie, creepy Carrie.
0: Um, and she is only three years older than Sissy Spacek.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I saw that.
0: And she is younger than Edie McClurg, who plays one of the students. <laughs> She's like two years younger than Edie McClurg. The, wow. the sort of big one. I don't mm-hmm. want to say facts; that's not nice. But the big one with the glasses. Mm-hmm. Who's also, who went on to do a John Hughes movie. PJ Souls burst eardrum getting hit by the water from the hose. Mm-hmm. Ouch.
1: Yeah, that sounds awful. Didn't she like not? Didn't she not get her hearing back in the one ear for like six months?
0: That was a while, yeah, 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 yeah. Um the the scene with Sue walking to Carrie's uh, grave at the end, the dream mm-hmm. that was uh, shot that was shot backwards. She walked backwards, and then they found they reversed it.
1: Oh, weird. Okay.
0: Yeah, and you can tell because there's a car in the background that's going backwards. Mm -hmm. amy irving's real mom plays her mom in there yeah and her sister sings songs that's used used in the soundtrack
1: okay that's a good soundtrack so i like the music so that's all of my notes i have one uh piper laurie i guess she hadn't acted in like 15 years or something And she decided to do this movie because she read it. And she was like, yeah, this is a really funny script. This is a funny dark comedy. And so she's on the set and she refers to it as a dark comedy. And Brian De Palma's like, uh, Piper, (laughs) this is uh, not a comedy. (laughs) And she's like, (laughs) no, Margaret White is so over the top. It's hysterical. And he was like, no, 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 no. And apparently to this day, she maintains the movie is a dark comedy. Well, you could, you
0: could interpret it that way.
1: Well, if anything, it makes me wonder how many, um... Fundamentalist Christians, she's known because I'll tell you what, growing up in the Bible Belt, this movie for me can't come off as a comedy because there's some fucked up religious people around here and they teach their kids some fucked up things, and that's Mm -hmm. not funny. Like, I get that the performance is so big that the character is so ridiculous, like, I can see why she might think that, but between the bullying, especially these days with all the school violence and everything that we've gotten so used to, um. And then knowing that there are people out there who treat their kids like that and teach them things like that, um, there's I just can't find it funny. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I just can't. But apparently, she says it's a dark comedy, and it's a, it's kind of the opposite of uh, Shannon Doherty thinking Heather's was a drama mm-hmm. and then crying when she saw it because it was a comedy, right? Like, but yeah. So Piper Laurie, that's her opinion of this movie. It's so weird. Yeah.
0: So she played it as a comedy, and Shannon Doherty played Heather's like it was a drama. Mm-hmm.
1: But they both work absolutely. They both work. So
0: yeah, Piper Laurie's performance in this is batshit insane. And if she's playing it like it's a comedy, then that it works mm-hmm. because she is she is scary.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: she is a scary woman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So next week we are continuing our horror movie month thing because it's October and what have you picked for
1: next time Jen um god it's so funny I don't know I've given it thought I just don't know uh well I've been going back and forth the problem is I didn't watch that many horror movies when I was younger and then well just so
0: you know I haven't picked Poltergeist for the next one so you haven't (laughs) no I've picked I've went for something stupid and like, less unknown, but it's something I watched when I
1: was a kid. Okay, I've been leaning towards Poltergeist, uh, but I thought you were doing it, so we'll go with Poltergeist. Right, okay, that's good. And I can make Xander watch it with me, um, and it'll, yeah. it'll be okay. So Because earlier okay. we had to stop watching It Part 1 because he got a little scared. Ah. Um, we're going to go back to it, but he it was the first time... It, or the, only the second time when watching a horror film that he actually was like I am scared so
0: that's all we have time for if you want to follow the podcast it's
1: at drop the
0: pilot, at drop the pilot pod uh, shiftybench.co.uk is the website contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address and at B is my um Twitter I have posted pictures of me and Frank Milka and me and James Masters that I met at the Comic Con um on there. So, where can people follow you online, Jim?
1: I am at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter.
0: Excellent. So, thank you all for listening. And we'll speak to you all next time. Bye.
1: Goodbye.